Life is hectic, demanding, and doesn't stop. When honest with ourselves, we must confess we often don't know what the hell we're doing. The LARCast is an ongoing conversation about the inclusive and mischievous nature of God's presence. Through the lens of all the things that make up this phenomenon we refer to as life. Astonishing grace and refreshing honesty collide right here for your weekly encouragement. Welcome back to the Larkcast. Uh, good to be back with you guys. It's our first episode in the month of July, 2023. Just in case um, you know, coming out of some of these parties uh, over Fourth of July weekend, you forgot uh, your name, where you live, and what year it is. It is July, 2023, and you are now tuned into the Larkcast. My name is Tony, and with me, as almost always, is Russ. What's up, Russ? much man i'm here got all 10 fingers it's good day. <laughs> hey anytime you get out of fourth of jolly good oh my gosh anytime... <laughs> i promise you have not been drinking uh it is we we podcast in the morning i'm not hungover from the night before um anytime you get out of fourth of july weekend with all your digits it's it's a good thing it is it is man especially for me because as a kid i mean like you as well um i grew up with this idea that freedom is found in independence which is kind of ironic right when you think about it like that's coming right out of fourth of july and of course you know as you study the scriptures you learn more and more like no 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 freedom is actually found in dependence on god to live mm-hmm. independence upon him is to live in freedom. But again, man, as a kid, my mindset was the opposite of that. Mm-hmm. And so everything was constantly um, in search of how to make a bigger and better name for myself. And as a Florida kid who grew up watching Smokey and the Bandit, that's a problem. And then I graduated in middle school to Ferris Bueller, who became like my second hero. <laughs> so, so I'm, Let's just say how I made it through my childhood with all my digits, bro, doesn't make any sense other than just the grace of God. Yes. And knowing you as long as I have, I'm, I'm pretty sure that that story would be mirrored in, in your own <laughs> upbringing. Yeah. My, th- my thing is like, I, I love fireworks for sure, but I'll let like other people blow all their money on these fireworks. Oh. Like, yeah. dude, I can't help but watch a fireworks show. Like, we were at a party on Saturday, and like, it was just, it was massive. This dude just spent so much money, and like, after the first like minute, because he just went all out, like killer intro. Then it's like a nice steady pace building up to the, um, you know, the grand finale kind of a thing. And after the first intro, I just look at Pam and I was like, that was like easily three grand right there. And I just can't help but like see fireworks and like equate it to how much money is spent yeah. just for this like little, you know, moment of visual pleasure or whatever. But dude, some people are about it. Like they're just about it. And yeah. I'm like, that's awesome because I get to enjoy it and other people get to enjoy spending money while other people mm-hmm. are entertained. And money wise, man, on those things. There's a friend of mine, Laney, who used to live here, 
bought a bunch of fireworks one year and we got to just come over and blow them all up. He just sort of sat back in a chair and relaxed and enjoyed the show. Um, dude, these were like just like they were legit fireworks, but nothing like you know, people would be putting off for like a major show. Mm-hmm. And just the ones he bought that we could shoot off off a pier of the backyard, dude, was five grand. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 nuts, man. The, the money in that, but at the same time, it's let's just say it's worth every penny as long as you're not the one who's having to write the, write the check. Yeah, I think too. Like we talk a lot about freedom on this podcast, and I think it would be good, like you know, especially now, like with the political climate a lot of people are using the word freedom, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And it seems like, you know, the um, the right really likes to, you know, talk about that. And we use freedom a lot too. And I don't know if we've ever really taken time to be like, you know, hey, like when we use that word, we're using it <laughs> very differently um, then how you're hearing it in the back and forth, you know, on social media and the public discourse of that. It seems like the freedom that is like American freedom is a very kind of like individualized, you know, kind of freedom, which, I mean, if you want to get into American politics, you know, like, um, you know, I resonate with that, uh, quite a bit, uh, yeah. for sure. And, um, but the, the freedom, you know, that I think is peddled um, by your kind of average American is it, it, again, it's just like really, really just kind of, you know, selfish. It's almost like a freedom away from others. It's like a freedom yeah. like for myself away from others, isolation, like leave me alone. I'm just going to do what I want. Whereas, you know, the freedom that Jesus talks about, you know, and the self-forgetful life that comes out of that really frees us up to love, you know, those around us. It it propels and pushes us into our communities, into our neighborhoods and into our friendships. Yeah, man, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely a little different. Um, I'm, I'm with you. I, I believe that God made people free, period. He made us free. And I don't think any form of government anywhere in the world throughout all of time has a say in that. Now, we have a long history of people wanting to have a say in that and wanting to control the narrative of other people's lives, which is a major problem. And just to work clear, it seems to stretch among all of us because, you know, there's people like us who aren't in political power, but yet we'll still do our best to control the neighbor or our spouse or, you know, our kids or our friends or whatever else it is. But yeah, I'm a I'm a big fan of yeah, God made us free. Um and but the idea that the independence of it is the freedom is the problem, I think. Yeah. It's it's like no 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 no. The dependence on him is where the freedom is found. Yes. I don't need to define myself anymore or spend my life trying to make a name for myself. Yes. Because I've already been given a name and a life in Christ. That's right. the that's the beauty of the human story, um, and if you if you lose sight of that, yeah, it, it gets pretty pretty troublesome. Yeah, and I think it's that being being free from um, having to constantly perform, earn, or posture yourself as somebody who um, either in a a secular world 
or a secular context would be um, successful or own business or, you know, whatever, or be respected in your community or in a, in a religious spiritual context of someone who belongs is going to be welcomed in the end. Who's going to make it through the pearly gates, you know, yeah. that, that freedom, it, you die to that whole rat race. Mm-hmm. And so when I don't have to, I don't, when I don't have to focus on myself in that way, right. you really are, you know, free to a not take yourself so seriously, B be honest about your own frailty, your own flaws, but C when you're in a conversation, you don't have to so quickly talk about yourself. You can actually ask questions and get to know the person across from you and you get to be a better friend. Yeah, man. So that's a great point. And I think that's where, what a lot of us are looking for, right? There's that connection, the belonging, you're just never going to get away from it, man. Like as much yeah. as we talk about solutions, the human story is a craving for solidarity. Mm. And of course you have Jesus showing up and, and saying that we, we already have this solidarity with one another in our common story of frailty, but also resurrection in him mm. for this is life. Yes. And it's like, oh man, that's so beautiful. But then in the unbelief of that, right? We spent all of our time creating tribes and lines and boundaries and borders and all these things to define who's in and who's out, who matters and who doesn't, who's up here and who's down there. And it's like, what? Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, the church is guilty of that as well. And um, yeah, it's sad, man. Like what happens when you lose sight of the fact that God already made you free for freedom, Christ set you free, Galatians, done. Yes. Whoever you are, wherever you are in the world, free. Yep. And that's a great uh, segue into our new stretch of podcasts here, because whenever we get to talking about this freedom, um, <clears throat> there are a lot of people who say, well, yeah, but, mm-hmm. and then they have their, whether their idea or maybe their pet verse or they have just a verse or a slew of verses and people usually push back on this freedom. And we know from hearing from, uh, well, we know from personal experience of walking around (laughs) and sharing this good news, this theology of grace. And we've heard from uh, some of you larks out there um, as you've been, this has been making a lot of sense to you. You've been finding a lot of freedom, a lot of joy, your heart is just like, boom, where's this been my entire life? And you've been sharing this. You've been hit with a, well, yeah, but, and that's what this next stretch of podcast is. We're calling it, yeah, but, and we're looking at all the classic verses, all the classic ideas that get brought up in rebuttal um, when we start sharing um, this freedom. Um, yeah, so that's what we're doing. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. That'll be the one that we do after. Yeah, but. (laughs) (laughs) And then hell yeah, after that. (laughs) Yeah, the the yeah, buts. It's that's that's what we gotta we gotta get into it because I think I think freedom. I'm I've been learning this. We've talked a lot about this over the years, probably more in side conversation than on the podcast. But uh, one thing that's definitely hit me 
pretty hard is this idea of like learning to live in the freedom that you already have in Jesus is like learning a new language. Because you're talking about learning to live loved. You're talking about learning to live into something that's already yours versus on your way to something that you think could be yours, which seems to be the constant human story. <laughs> and it's like learning a new language, man. Like you're, you're learning to hear in a way that you haven't. You're learning to see in a way that you haven't. You're learning to process in a way that you haven't. You're learning to speak in a way that you, that you haven't. And dude, that takes time, sometimes a lifetime, man. Yeah. And I think that's where stuff like this, yeah, but really comes in is because it's like, none of us are graduating from the pushbacks in our own spirit, right? Like the religious nature in you is always drawn to the religious noise around you. Correct. And it seems normal, natural. Like, well, of course this is good. It's just, it's not. (laughs) So you you have you're always at it, there's a tension contention you could say even within ourselves but then also around us yes and freedom man the enjoyment of freedom i should say is at stake your freedom isn't at stake that's done your enjoyment mm-hmm. of this freedom you're helping yes. others enjoy their freedom that's what's at stake and so now yeah, we got to get into these like constant barriers man that are just always being thrown at us whether it's from within or from outside yep yep and that's what this one is um and i agree with you you know as um gearhard for today said sanctification really all it is is just getting used to your free (laughs) justification it's getting used to your freedom and that takes a while and so you have like your own internal, you know, antagonists, and then you have these external antagonists as well, um, who are constantly trying to um, enslave you again, very similar to the Galatian case study of mm. when they discovered freedom. And then some people from James church and Jerusalem came down and tried mingling uh, law with grace and, and, We'll, we'll no doubt be getting more into that. We have gotten into that, but we're kicking, yeah, but off with a doozy. And it's one of my favorites. And I remember um, being able to revisit this passage. Um, it's in Matthew 7. Um, after um, a long season of dealing with uh, verses and parables where this idea of lists come up. And we've talked about, we've talked about lists before, right? And I think the most famous one is the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. Um, the Pharisee comes in, he's got a long list, right? He's got a long list about what he does with his money. He's got a long list about what he does with his sexuality. He's got a long list, what he does with his religiosity as compared to the tax collector, who's just the opposite, Right of everything that his shining example of religion is in the public square. And the big shock in that parable is that the tax collector opposite of the Pharisee who walks in with a list and is proud of his list. The tax collector walks in with nothing, but just the admission of his own death and his need for mercy. And Jesus tells this parable and awards the gold medal of justification the uh the sticker of you're in to the tax collector and not the shiny clean example of the pharisee and jesus is just showing i don't deal in lists i don't deal in lists 
at all because the tax collector has discovered something that is true of all of us is that we're dead. We're dead in our, our brokenness and our independence or our, yeah, in our, in, yeah, our independence. Um, we're dead and ideal in resurrection. And really what we're getting at here at the core of this is trust is faith, trust in me. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you have the Pharisee and the tax collector. There's a list there. Even at the end of the uh, the parable of the two lost sons, the younger one, which is known as the prodigal, but then the older one, he's yeah. red hot mad that the dad's throwing a party. And so he won't even enter into the party. He's angry. He stands outside of the party. The father gets up to go greet him in a similar way that he went to go greet the younger son. And he mm-hmm. says, man, why are you mad? And he goes, I've done all these things and starts listing off all these reasons why he deserves and has earned um, a party. Um, And the father looks at him and says, listen, I've been with you this whole time. This isn't about your list, right? This isn't about his list of wrongs. And it's not about your list of rights. It's about just my heart for both of you and my presence in your lives. And then you have Paul's list in Philippians 2. He was the Pharisee of the Pharisees. He was like just yeah. like the head of the class of all the Pharisees, uh, which was that ex- like just upper echelon of just religious religiosity in a religious community, especially in the Even Jewish lineage. Yeah, all of it. He had the list, dude, born of the tribe of Benjamin, circumcised on the eighth day, as the law, I was blameless, you know, like all this. And he in Philippians 2 he calls his list after discovering the resurrection of Jesus and the righteousness that's found that's given to us freely by faith in Jesus. He calls it scubla, which is just the translation is just like dog shit. It's just, my list is shit. And so this passage in Matthew seven was always troublesome to me. And you're, if you're familiar with the scriptures, you're going to know which one I'm talking about. It's found in 721 to 23, and it reads this way. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my father who is in heaven. Okay, very important language there. Verse 22, on that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. And so um, <laughs> I I was honestly, dude, and you you probably feel the same way. I was scared yeah. to death of this passage, man. I'm like, dude, they're prophesying. I was like, at least I can kind of convince myself of that because I was like a pastor. And I'm like, okay, cool, dude. I'm up. I'm like, I'm sharing good news. Um and I'm like, but dude, I've never cast out any demons and, I'm, and are my works like mighty, you know, I think it even says that like, um, yeah. you're mighty, mighty works in your name. Yeah. And like, I'm I started like, a kids ministry and prepared a sermon. Like, you know, I'm like, like, dude, like these aren't mighty. <laughs> and I'm like, so what's going on? Are they doing it with like the wrong heart? Are they, you know, are they not doing it enough? It says they're even doing it in his name. And I'm like, well, what the heck, bro? Like, if this is true, like, you know, the, the, the end of everything, 
Like when I lead up to that moment, when I see Jesus, is it just this massive question mark of like, will I get in? Am I going to be like in this list of people who man gave their lives to service, um, you know, to the Lord and, and, and don't get in. And then it just freaking clicked. It clicked after dealing with the imagery of lists. I was like, imagine, imagine on that day, knowing everything we know about Jesus, everything we know about lists, everything we know about how he declares the father's heart, everything that we know about how he's constantly pointing to what he's going to do in his own death and resurrection, reading the story and, and getting to the point where you're so focused on yourself that when it gets to that moment to explain why you might be able to get in or why you're even worthy of this relationship, you bust out a list. And here we have another list. Yep. Did we not do this? Did we not do this? Did we not do this? And he goes, listen, I never knew you. I never knew you. Because when you're working hard, real hard, to um, belong, be loved, be in, stay in, um, serve and sweat for the Lord because you think he demands this, you have a different God than the one Jesus describes. Yeah. And so it's very fitting that he would say, I never knew you. I never knew you. And the key to this passage, not only with the list, when you play with the imagery, because I heard Capen say one time, hermeneutics is simply just playing with the imagery. And when you play with the imagery of lists, lists are pretty thick. It's a pretty thick theme in the New Testament. But at yeah. the beginning, he says, not everyone who says to be Lord, Lord will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my father. And mm. a very, very... It, it, when you hear that, when you hear that does the will of my father, if your brain, right, does not go to John six after the feeding of the 5,000, Jesus is not there anymore. So the crowd wakes up and they're hungry. They're like, yo, dude, like, where's my sausage egg McMuffin? You know, like we need to go find this mm -hmm. Jesus dude, because I want to get a second order of hash browns, you know, to go along with said sausage egg McMuffin, which is oh, still to this day. Like, I don't, I don't eat a lot of McDonald's. Come though. on, I don't eat a lot of McDonald's, like, oh. but dude, that McDonald's breakfast, boy. Bro, I have been with you, and you have walked through <laughs> McDonald's drive-through windows at two a.m. What you talking about? I don't eat a lot of McDonald's. No, I don't eat a lot of McDonald's, but what I do, I make up for basically however however long it was since I had it last. Bro, the, the salt crunch on the outside of McDonald's hash brown. Oh, come dude. Come on. It's from Jesus, dude. It, it really is. It's, it's it's from it's from the Lord. It's from above. I had a dude. I had a I had a dream one time that my desk was made out of a McDonald's hash brown. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh like if there That's was ever amazing. a dream that i want to come true that that would be it um 
Dude, I actually door dashed McDonald's at 1.30 in the morning this past Friday, and I ordered three Big Macs and two large fries. And let's just say there was only one other person that ate this food with me, and they <laughs> ate just the one Big Mac, and there was no food left afterwards. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Everybody's so, all like, I don't need McDonald's. Like, get out of here. Yeah. Let's go back Put to the, the Jim Gaffigan say. joke. Yes. <laughs> they only sell nine billion hamburgers a day, but nobody's eating there. <laughs> you would you would you would rather confess homosexual prostitution than admit that you're <laughs> right. eating McDonald's. He's so dead on about that. that so was dead exactly on. what he said. Oh, so man, in such a classic. So Jesus says, you know. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, but the one who does the will of my father. Well, what is the will of the father? The will of the father is found in John 6. In John 6, everyone experiences Jesus as this miracle worker. Yeah. And Jesus is on his way to understanding that doing miracles is it, it it's not getting done what he wants to get done by way of revealing what this life is really about, yeah. that they're very, very willing to follow him and be amazed by him as long as he keeps doing these miracles, but it's not getting to the heart of what this life is about, which is finding our rest and our identity in trusting that God has single-handedly done everything in the sun. And so they come and they're like, you know, hey, where'd you go? He goes, you're not seeking me because you want me. You're seeking me because you had your bellies full. Because basically he contends with them. And they're like, you know, they go into the whole thing like, well, show us the father. What are the works that we need to be doing that we can, you know, be included in this and, and the works of the father and all this. And in John 6, um, you know, he's saying that he's the actual bread, not this bread that's, you know, in your bellies. And um, he says, for I've come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my father, that everyone who looks on the son and believes in him should have eternal life. And I will raise him on the last day. The will of the father yes. is to go all in. Put all your chips, all your money, everything, everything that's important to you, everything that makes up your identity, everything you're trusting in, hoping in, everything to go all in on the son whom the father sent and the trust yes. him. Trust him. Trust. Kind of like that John 3 thing. Whoever, oh yeah, believes. Right. Whoever but believes. believe means, like, no, believe means believe yeah but but i mean he has to mean more than this is what i'm told right like the, like the real will of god man is that you walk in these things and you achieve these things and you produce these things and i'm like have you seen the themes of all the list keepers and list makers in the scriptures and what jesus does with them yes what it's Paul not comes good. to see right like in other words you're building a list because you don't see him mm -hmm for who he is mm -hmm. and therefore haven't been able to go all in with trusting him as life. 
Mm -hmm. Savior, Lord, Maker, Sustainer, Reconciler. This is him. He's brought you into union with the Trinity. This is your reality. You yep. know why you you know why you're free? You know, we were talking about this earlier. Like you've been set free. Well, because you live in him who's free. To yeah. say you're not free is to say Jesus isn't free. Yeah. So you're as free as he is. Mm -hmm. So to trust him is the will, right, of the Father. And do when you see that in that passage that you're reading out of Matthew 7, it's like, whoa, okay. Mm -hmm. This isn't something to fear or run from. This isn't Jesus taking off the white gloves, right? And bringing out some brass knuckles. This is the opposite of that. This is him lovingly saying, if you knew me, okay, because you wanted to know me and I am knowing you, you wouldn't be here with a list. Yes. Yep. Dude. Mm. We create lists because we need to build a case for ourselves. Yeah. And when you find yourself lost in another who has a, a far better resume bro, that you could ever conjure up in your half-ass attempts of, you know, 75 years on this earth, we're talking about yeah. the turtle son of God, bro. Um, who came down, um, who submitted himself, you know, to our religion um to show us the inevitable end of religion yeah who died for our sins um who publicly at the hands of our religion <laughs> at the hands of our religion who publicly demonstrated you know um the forgiveness of god um the love of god and so dude mm -hmm. like if you're building lists man um it's just always going to fall short not only of paul's list in philippians 2 but the resume of Jesus too. And so this is definitely one of those. Yeah. buts, for sure. Yeah. And what's funny is like, they don't, people don't really get it. They think, Oh man, we need to go beyond this. My righteousness needs to exceed that of the Pharisees. And what they think that that means is dude, I have to do all these works plus with a good heart and with good intention with no glory for myself. They don't see that Jesus is actually pointing to a righteousness beyond your own. That can only be really, yeah. that can only be received by faith. Yeah. So the, the, again, the, the, yeah, the, the thing that rises up in us, right. Or is thrown at us or we throw at other people. Cause this, just to be honest, Matthew seven was like a classic verse that I would use to corner any church member that I needed to. Right. This care for people. Right. You got a love for this congregation. You're constantly told like it's somehow like rest in your hands and you're going to give an account for it. And so and so is walking off the beaten path here. We need to really love them well, man, and bring them back. Because, dude, Matthew seven, man, like. Jesus isn't playing around. Right. Like, if they're not going to do the will of the father, dude. Like, he doesn't know them. Not everybody. Like, I know they said, Lord, Lord, but that doesn't mean anything. Do they do the will of the father? And that's where people are like, yeah, man, like if you're not making disciples, you're not a disciple because yeah. you're not, you're, you're not, you know, it's again, like you just can't help but bring the works into it. And so what I found over the years, like you, man, is looking at this and allowing what Jesus has done and declared throughout all of scripture to be the filter in this. And you go, well, yeah, the ones who are with him are the ones who do the will of the father. Well, what's the will of the father to believe in the son? Yep. Oh, so then all these people who were coming with the list, 
all these people that that he was trying to help them see like yeah you kind of need a righteousness that goes beyond human resourcefulness so the best example of the do-gooder isn't good enough get that out of your mind mm -hmm. the will of the father is that you trust in the son and receive a righteousness of me this is life not your list yep and it's again this is not something to fear this actually is a verse that really is encouraging to all of us who are being honest about our performance mm -hmm. <laughs> in life and to see that man like yeah the people over here that are constantly pursuing the list they never knew him hmm. probably because they never wanted him they just wanted to be able to point to all the things they were doing to be able to live in their own independence mm -hmm. it's so weird bro it is the sneakiest thing in the world it is this i this really odd spiritual um claiming jesus right declaring jesus doing all these things you know though in the name of jesus but underneath it is this actual pursuit of independence to be able to be in control of your own destiny like adam and eve in the garden it looks like christianity it looks like the best christians the world has to offer but it's actually the opposite. It's the opposite. Mm. It's dead. Mm. You actually don't know him, nor do you seem to want to know him, mm -hmm. which is why he says, yeah, it's not that I didn't want you. I just didn't know you. <laughs> yep. Dude. Man. Yeah, man. So that's where we're going with this new stretch. Um, I love it. The Good yeah, word, the yeah butts so we're gonna be bringing up a bunch of a bunch of heavy ones a bunch of ones that's gonna get that have been thrown at us that will be and have been thrown at you and we're just taking them uh one by one so i think we kicked it off yeah, with dude. a bang no pun intended on fourth of july cheers, cheers to bro. you my dude yeah, man.